Hi, and welcome to The Booby Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls to get access to all of our bonus content. And this week we are covering The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Which is still the same book that we... <laughs> yes, still same book, still different same movie. Book. Um, so I read, I only read through chapter 12. Because I thought it ended in a great spot, but it, everywhere I looked, and I think you read through chapter thirteen. I did, which didn't it, it make gets, a huge it's, difference. It's not as like cut and dry as I feel like movie one was, yeah. where like it, you could kind of tell yeah. where you needed to stop. So I had googled it, and that's where it like suggested stopping. So I I read through chapter thirteen. Yeah. Um, but I think it, I don't know that it made much of a difference. Yeah. Honestly, I went through chapter twelve, and I thought it was fine. Yeah. So what are you calling this one? Uh, what have we done? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> literally, well, I ask I, I ask myself that often um, as it relates to this series as a whole. Right. What have we done? Like this right. has been what now five weeks of our lives. Yeah. It's However, though, I am enjoying The Hobbit exponentially better than Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I don't know if that's just us being not as you know smart. I think <laughs> as so. It, as it I, relates to the Lord of the Rings, in Lord of the Rings Street. Yeah, like the jargon. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Um, Just as a reminder, so the book was originally published September 21st, 1937, obviously written by J.R.R. Tolkien. It has a 4.3 out of 5 on Goodreads, and it's 310 pages. And The Hobbit, Hobbit, The (laughs) Hobbit, The Desolation of Smoke, uh, came out in 2013, so the year after um, the first one came out. Uh, Still PG-13, it's adventure fantasy. It's two hours and 41 minutes long. Uh, Still directed by Peter Jackson. However, it was not written by Guillermo del Toro. Oh, so was it a no name? Who yeah, wrote I didn't it? know who it was. Okay. So he I, only came in for the one. I do remember last week um, there were some people that weren't a fan of Guillermo's Correct. writing. So we'll see yeah. how it goes this week. Well, and I do feel like this movie was a little bit more playful. I think. Oh, really? You think yeah. it's thought so? Interesting. I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if playful is the right <laughs> word, but like I don't know. I just thought it was, it was different from. I actually just finished watching the third one mm-hmm. and I feel like this one is very different than the first other two the other two interesting so. okay I because when you say playful I personally thought movie one was super playful yeah. like definitely much more lighthearted. maybe True. because we had just come off the Lord of the Rings yeah. ones um, but I think I would say like playfulness level about the same maybe mm-hmm. a little less for me honestly yeah but I haven't watched uh, <laughs> movie three yet so Um, So the IMDb synopsis reads, The dwarves, along with Bilbo Baggins and Gandalf the Grey, continue their quest to reclaim Erebor, their homeland, from smog. Bilbo Baggins is in possession of a mysterious and magical ring. Oh my goodness. I wonder what ring that is. (laughs) Um, So I don't have any interesting facts, obviously, because we already talked about the the book in the first episode. So what are are our movie facts? So this movie has a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, which again is way less than... Any of the Lord of the Rings movies. But which, it's, is it better or worse than the first one? I it's better. It. It's better. Okay. So, but not by much. But not by much. Got it. Uh, the budget was $225 million and it grossed $959 million. So didn't reach the billion mark, but hey. And I think it's because people were probably like 
itching for more mm-hmm. Middle Earth content, right, right, after the, like, uh, success of the Lord of the Rings movies. So maybe that, that's why the first one did yeah. so much better. <laughs> and then so. they saw the first one, they're like, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like I, I'll be interested to see how the last one does, because yeah. I'm sure that it, usually the end of these trilogies or series like Harry Potter, mm-hmm. you know, to have a little bit of a surge yeah. towards the end. Speaking of Harry Potter, I realized that two episodes ago, I promised that we would do like a uh, yes. comparison between the two. After talking with Hannah offline, yeah. we agreed that, you know, for the Lord of the Rings as a whole with the Hobbit and everything, we'll mm-hmm. do it at the end of yes. our um, uh, Hobbit series. Yeah. And we'll do a comparison between the Harry Potter franchise and the Lord of the Rings franchise. Well, and Boyfriend Ray was asking about it. And I was like, he's like, have you guys done that yet? And I was like, no, like, wait. <laughs> That's why, that's why I wanted to make mention yes. of it because I do like to keep my promises yeah, and I feel like do. I pe- let people down you last do. week. <laughs> <laughs> so this film did not take home any Oscars. It was nominated for sound mixing, visual effects, and sound editing. So none of the big major ones... Um, but again, I don't know. I like this movie, so I don't really know. <laughs> um, a couple fun things to note on. Uh, one of my favorite, you know, kind of storylines and scenes in this movie about them being in the barrels mm-hmm. um and the fish at one point they had to like put fish on top mm-hmm. of them they actually used the majority of them were real fish Gross. um with some rubber ones or whatever but the guy who plays ori the dwarf mm-hmm. has like a huge phobia of um of fish first he hates fish but he also has a phobia of being buried alive oh my god um so this was just an absolute nightmare oh him. i bet ori yeah. has every right to f- have fear of both of those things. correct <laughs> Correct. Um, we will get into it a little bit when I talk about the voice of Smaug. Um, <laughs> but uh, they actually have ranked, because this is a thing that somebody actually does, um, that Smog is actually one of the richest fictional characters of all times. Um, Forbes has actually dubbed him one of the top earners of oh, all fictional of characters, all of, so all of his, his gold. gold. Um, there is an estimated $62 billion worth of gold in the Lonely Mountain. Wow. That he had. Well, I mean, didn't seem like he was doing much with it besides yes. sleeping in it. Right. Which I guess if you have that much gold, I guess that's Might what I well, would do right? too. Yeah. Very comfy. <laughs> um, so critics have actually said that, um, you know, e- even the critics that hated the movie s- were telling people it's worth watching just to see the smog scenes. I would agree with that. So, which I think is unbelievable. Yeah. So we'll get to that in just a minute. But I thought that was interesting. So we'll get into the cast. I thought I was going to get more into the into the dwarfs this time, but I don't have time for it, to be honest, because there were <laughs> too many other, other people. Yeah. So one character I have to mention that does not show up in the book is a is a character that was created just for uh, the movie is Tariel, mm-hmm. who is one uh, is a female elf, woodland elf, who actually is like Legolas's first love, basically. Yeah. Not on her end, but no. <laughs> he loves her, um, is played by Evangeline Lilly. So I was talking to Ray the other day. I was like, I can never remember her name. I was like, this woman <laughs> has been in now the Lord of the Rings trilogy. She was in Lost, mm-hmm. huge success, and is the freaking wasp in Marvel movies. And yep. I was like, why can I not remember her name? It's just so funny. She's been in these giant, you know, movie and films. Like, It's funny that you say that because I, I, it took me a minute, but I also had that same experience of like, What's her name again? Right. But then it hit me, which is so funny because she has such a unique name. You would think yeah. you almost would remember I it. I think it's because it, she doesn't look like an Evangeline. That's true. You know what I mean? It's she, almost like her name is too unique to be remembered. Her, if her name was just Kate, <laughs> yeah. it would be fine. 
because that was her name in, in, in Lost. Lost yeah. um, but she is Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, she was actually discovered on the streets of British Columbia by the Ford Modeling Agency. Oh, wow. She ended up not fully pursuing the modeling career, but they did sign her and she used the money to go to college. Good for her. So I appreciate Wait, that. Wait, so they signed her and she never actually modeled? Yeah, I guess that's what I mean. Huh, how do I get that? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but so yeah, like I said, she was in Lost. Um, she is the Wasp in the Ant Man series, and she was in a lot of the you know the Avengers mm-hmm. movies as well. Um, there is another Ant Man and Wasp movie, um, Quantum Mania, that's oh. coming out in 2013 that she will be in. 13 as well. 2023. Sorry, <laughs> I was like wait, sorry. <laughs> told you, brain fog. It's real. <laughs> um, funny enough though, so Evangeline uh, actually dated a long time for for quite a while her co-host from Lost, Dominic Monaghan. Really? Yeah. Who is in Lord of the Rings right. as one of the hobbits. So as they Mary. Thought, yeah. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Fun fact about her uh, as it relates to Lost, because, you know, mm-hmm. I'll talk about Lost any chance I can get. Apparently, um, when they originally started Lost, mm-hmm. uh, the character of Jack Shepard was mm-hmm. supposed to die in the first episode. Oh. And Kate was supposed to be the star of the show. Oh. Um, for whatever reason, they chose not to do that. Obviously, Jack remained mm-hmm. on the show. But, I mean, she is is the lead female yeah. actress, I would say, of the show, obviously. But it would have been so interesting to have seen, like, her be the main lead. Yeah. Um, especially considering that show came out, what, in, like, the early 2000s? Yeah. Like, you didn't see that very often. It's kind of a bummer that she wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her in that role is my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. She's okay in Wasp. I didn't love her in this. Well, Because it's, it's just such a, like, throwaway character, in my opinion. Right. Especially considering it was just made for the movie. Yeah, and it, it was one of those, we saw this, I can't remember where we saw this in Lord of the Rings, but it's like, they felt like they just needed a love story yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. And so, did I enjoy the little love story? Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> cute. You know, did it end well, you haven't seen it. It doesn't end well. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, I, I mean, but I do like her. Um, I did read that to prepare for the role, um, she went under uh, underwent training for sword play and archery so she could really get into mm-hmm. it um, and studied the Elvish language for Interesting. it. So. I do think she's, you know, a bit of a badass. So, yeah. I guess. I just felt like the elves already had a lot of turmoil <laughs> in, like, their inner workings. Like, they yeah. didn't need another thing yeah. to, like turn her down with it was so. cool to see like the woodland elves this yeah. time around as opposed to like elrond's true. people <laughs> true speaking of the more of the woodland elves um we meet legolas's father mm-hmm. um in this one uh fandril Th- fandril something like that. something like that um played <laughs> by a guy named lee pace um he actually is ronin in the marvel series um we've seen him in guardians of the galaxy and oh, yeah. captain marvel um I don't know if you get this vibe. I got it way more in the third movie than this second one. He looks like a character from Twilight. Like, he's so (laughs) pale. And he has that, like, intense, like, vampire-type look. And we, I've read a couple different places that the elves don't blink a lot. They're Mm -hmm. supposed to not blink a lot. And it's like he was, like painfully not blinking and like it was just very strange it was like yeah i don't know i don't know I, he could have played one of the ancestors in twilight you know one of the yeah yeah, yeah. The, i get what you're saying the head of vampires <laughs> um yeah i didn't really care for him necessarily but i think for what the character asked for he probably didn't did a fine job yeah. um i didn't see the connection between him and legolas like no. at all no um so i don't know <laughs> yeah also okay so we need to stop down real quick to talk about Orlando Bloom. Oh, yeah. So he comes back in this movie as Legolas. Yep. Okay. 
<laughs> so we need to remember that this movie came out 10 years after Lord of the Rings. Right. Lord of the Rings is set after The, the Hobbit. Hobbit. Yes. So technically, everyone's supposed to look a little bit younger, mm-hmm. if not the same age. I think it's in this realm. It's 60 years yeah. um, is the time difference. I think they should have recast. I, I love Orlando Bloom. Mm-hmm. I think they should have recasted. We talked about this briefly in episode one of The mm-hmm. Hobbit. Like, I realized they didn't really have a choice in the sense of, like, they didn't know they were going to do The Hobbit when they had already done right. The Lord of the Rings. But I agree. I think, I don't he, know that it would have made that big of a hubbub if they had recasted. He I do looked, love Orlando, but yeah, I don't know that he, he needed to be. He aged. Yeah. Oh, years. big time. He well, and then thousand. they put, like, uh, contacts in his eyes that yeah. look different than when he looked at, Because like, when he plays Legolas in Lord of the Rings, like... He's so fresh faced. Mm-hmm. He's very, he's thinner. Like yeah. he looks like he's a guy like in his young twenties. This was a man in his thirties. <laughs> like uh, there's no way around right. it. So and I, I realized like it. what the elves don't age as like rapidly yeah. as like the men do, but still like you could tell it was, right. yeah, it was I, I think, a little awkward. I think everyone would have been okay. I mean, maybe not Orlando, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on, we meet a character named Bjorn. Um, Bjorn is in the book and the movie uh, a little bit different how we're introduced. Bjorn. Bjorn. I was like, who's Bjorn? Bjorn, Bjorn <laughs> whatever. Uh, played by a guy named, I think it's Michael or probably maybe Michael um, Piers Brandon. He's Swedish. Mm. Give me a break. The only reason I really <laughs> want to bring him up is because the whole time I'm like, I know this guy from somewhere. And he is in the Netflix series Sex Education. Oh. Which if you haven't. He's, I have. He's Ola's dad. He's Jacob. Jacob. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I know this guy. I love oh, that wow. series. It's a great I it's a great show. I, I have think. to watch the um, new season. So. Yeah, it's so funny, but uh so yeah, that's who that is. And I got it. So, yeah, I don't know that I would have caught did you have to look that up? Yeah. Okay. I, it was the voice I was hearing. I was like, I know this yeah, voice, I know this funny. tonation, that's who it is. But <laughs> um yeah, kind of a cool character that mm-hmm. um visually was I was happy that they, they brought it into the film. Agreed. Uh, another character that was, I guess, technically made for the movie, uh, Bard, who is a lake, mm-hmm. lake town, townsman yes. of the lake, um, played by the wonderful Luke Evans. Look, I'm, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make up a character, you mean Gaston? Yeah, like make it, <laughs> make it Gaston. So we know him. We we just covered uh, Nine Perfect Strangers at the end of the last year. He's in that. He was in Girl on the Train that we covered. Um, he was in Fast and the Furious. And then, like you said, he was Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. He, we also see him in the new Pinocchio movie that's coming up. Oh, so okay. um, he actually dedicated his performance in this movie to um, Paul Walker because the uh, this movie actually only came out like maybe a couple days or couple weeks after paul walker died so the movie more yeah i know so kind of a cool character i I, he's so like gaston to me and this (laughs) he looked like gaston in this like because of the garb or whatever so i had a little bit of a harder time like getting through that but i get that um he's not to shift gears and talk about paul walker Mm -hmm. but you know like 
certain things in life that mm-hmm. happen and you remember exactly where you were. Yes. I remember exactly uh-huh. where I was when Paul Walker died. Where were you? <laughs> I was at a local bar um, in a on a street mm-hmm. called Mill Avenue here in mm-hmm. Arizona. We It was right after the um, ASU football mm-hmm. game and we were all at the bar drinking and mm-hmm. I get a notification on my phone yeah. and I literally started sobbing yeah. in the bar. <laughs> yeah, I was not a, as great a story. I was at a townhouse we used to live in and I had gotten, you know, like the like wall, like vinyl stickers yeah. things. I had gotten those and I was putting those up in our bathroom and my ex-boyfriend came in and had told me mm. that he died. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's that woman. But it's like Kobe Bryant. I remember I was eating. I was at Subway. We had just left each other mm-hmm. when we found out that Kobe Bryant died. That's right. So. Which you bring that up because today is the anniversary oh. of his and his daughter's death. I didn't know because this. of that, but, <laughs> but, <yes. laughs> but it's just full circle moment. Yeah. So anyways, Luke Evans, love him. Hope he's in every movie that we watch. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Lastly, I needed to talk about the voice of Smog. Smog. Uh, and the Necro- Smog? Smog. It's okay. But just like, sure. the way they pronounce it, they're like, yeah. Smog. <laughs> uh, of Smog the Dragon and the Necromancer mm-hmm. um, is played and voiced by the wonderful Benedict Cumberbatch. Did we already talk about this? Oh, we did not. Oh, okay. Why At is he everywhere? Not. He's literally everywhere. Um, obviously, we know him as Doctor Strange, uh, Sherlock, The Imitation Game. He was actually, um, you know, his role in Sherlock, uh, Martin Freeman, who plays Bilbo in this, mm. is his Watson. That's in, right. In that's his right. version of Sherlock. And they are fabulous together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe that's why they had such good chemistry as Smog and Bilbo. So this, like, what? Maybe 10 minutes of the movie? It just makes the whole movie. He's fabulous. Um, I I need to share a movie or a clip with you. Ray sent me the YouTube video of of him doing the voice. Mm -hmm. And they actually, like, wired him up and have him crawling around like a dragon while he's doing these voices. And it's insane. Like, you're like, all right, that's an actor. Like, there's no <laughs> yeah. way around it. Like, he is very, very that's talented. Cool. Um, they actually, he actually suggested um, writing and reading the Necromancer um, speech backwards. Oh. Um, and then having the editors reverse the recording to make it sound more demonic and unholy, I guess. And I was like, well, well I think you got it. I mean, A for creativity. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Um, in terms of the voice of the dragon, he ended up studying iguanas and kimono dragons in London um, to kind of get like the way that they would move around and how he thought that they would talk, I guess. Um, and then he... Um, it must be fascinating to be an actor. Fa- like that's what you did today. You right. studied freaking <laughs> reptiles. It's crazy. Um, aside from providing the voice of Smog, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch also supplied the motion capture for the performance of the dragon like I was just mm-hmm. talking about. Um, however, obviously Smog's body is so big that it's impossible to capture the full motion. So it's really his, just his face and his upper body, like his arms were captured. Um, but it's unbelievable what he yeah. did like such a great performance i know obviously you know him better because yes. of all the marvel stuff he's not one where like i heard that voice and i was like oh yeah that's benedict Cumberbatch." right well and he's also the voice of the new grinch which is also strange <laughs> right. he i think he, so i don't know if he's just really good at like masking his his natural voice or I, for me he's just not recognizable i don't know i, I think decided. i think he's able to really transform his voice yeah. into whatever he's doing uh because you can hear it like uh, knowing him as an actor 
I can hear it in yeah. here, but right off the bat, I, I wouldn't be like, yes, that's Benedict. That's fair. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I wasn't sure if it was just a me thing because I'm not familiar no, with No, I think I think he does a very good job of mm-hmm. but like I, the things that I've seen him in where he acts as a person yeah. um and not a voice, he pretty much has kind of the same Okay. I just watched a couple episodes of Sherlock for me. It is he is I, I just don't understand how people's brains work. And the fact <laughs> that someone can like memorize a script as complex as that and, and then act it. Is un- I just don't know. It's a foreign language. It's, I don't know. And that's maybe why they get paid the big bucks. Right. So 10 out of 10 performance. Um, also, like, the dragon just looks amazing. Totally. You know, just a very, very cool scene. I was thinking that, like, I know that there's, like, scenes, but not, like, close-ups in The Lord of the Rings with mm-hmm. dragons. But imagine if this movie had been made 10 years prior like yeah. I don't know that like the advancements mm-hmm. of technology would have been as no cool. As it was very they were. much more of like on the scale of the dragons from Game of Thrones. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So. Which those dragons are, you know, right. top notch. Right. Um, all right, and that's all that I promise. I'll get into a couple more of the dwarves, you know, next next episode. Right, because they're your people, right? Those are my people, man. <laughs> all right, time for who said it. Uh, your first quote is: "I do not need your service, thank you, but I expect you need mine." I know this. Uh, Bjorn. Yeah. Bjorn. <laughs> it's like, it's not a baby Bjorn. Bjorn. <laughs> Next one. No time now. You just follow me. We must all keep together and not risk getting separated. All of us must escape or none. And this is our last chance. Ooh. Thorin. Mm, Bilbo. Mm. <laughs> Next one. I am armored above and below with iron scales and hard gems. No blade can pierce me. Smoke. Yes. <laughs> Last but not least, now is the time for our esteemed Mr. Baggins. Now is the time for him to perform the service for which he was included in our company. Now is the time for him to earn his reward. Thorin? Yes. yes. <laughs> and I had to truncate that quite a bit. It's a yeah. much longer quote, but I was like, we don't have time for that. <laughs> great word, truncate. Truncate, yeah. Um, all right, so your options for F. Mary Kill are Bjorn mm-hmm. or Bayorn. <laughs> um, uh, ta- is it Tariel? 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 Tariel. And Bard. You're not, you didn't give me the dragon? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't do uh, those kinds okay, of uh, creatures. Okay. Um, let's see. I, I think I'm going to have to kill Tariel. Interesting. Not for any real reason, but, you know. The other two, I, I think I would marry Bard mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he's very well respected and he's very good with his children. He's also very good looking. Very good looking. <laughs> um, and I will uh, roam around the wor- wor- woods with Bayorn because he can change into a lot of different things. So for that exact reason, the his pi- bipolar tendencies, I will have to kill mm. Bayorn. <laughs> I can't, I can't do that. Um, but I will also marry Bard and I guess I'll roam around with Tariel. Okay. In the woods. In the woods. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the desolation of Smog. So we ended the last movie. They are on top of a mountain, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and that's where we left off. They, the, the hawks. The eagles, sorry, not the hawks. They <laughs> not the hawks. Like hawks. The eagles <laughs> dropped them off there after they were attacked by the orcs. Yes. And that's where, obviously, the book picks up. <laughs> yes. Um, we do see, so this this uh, movie actually opens up in a town called Bree, which is near the Shire. And actually, in this scene, 
Uh, Peter Jackson makes a cameo. cameo? Oh, interesting. (laughs) He's like eating a carrot or something. (laughs) Uh, But we actually see the Prancing Pony Mm -hmm. in this one. And the Prancing Pony came in during Lord of the Rings. I think in the first Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's where they were supposed to meet with Gandalf, but they actually end up meeting um, Aragorn. Yeah. And uh, at this part, though, Thorin actually ends up meeting with Gandalf. And... You know, he's saying that people have been seeing his father places. So evidently his dad might not be dead. Well, this like, was a, technically a flashback is true. how I understood yeah. it. Yeah. But I didn't fully understand the necessariness of this. I don't know that it was. Yeah. But we find <laughs> out that there is a bounty out for Thorin's head. And that Gandalf is like, you at this point, you need to go reclaim the Arkenstone uh Otherwise, you're going to die, basically. And that he needs a burglar to get into there. Yeah, I wasn't really sure why we needed this in this. Like, we already know. At this point, I'm invested. I know what the plan is. Why Mm -hmm. did you show me this now and not in the first movie? Right. I was kind of confused myself. (laughs) Yeah. Not sure. But, you know, always always a good time to the prancing. Maybe that was, like, their version of, like, previously on. (laughs) Maybe. I guess. I don't know. But then we do end up getting a flash forward when we pick up where the first movie left off. And... We now see, you know, Bilbo is kind of looking out or whatever, and he sees this, like, giant beast type thing that looks like it might be running with the orcs, but not really. We kind of find out that he wasn't really running mm-hmm. with the orcs and the wargs and the boars and the <laughs> slores. God. Uh, slores are totally yeah. different. <laughs> so, anyways, they're trying to, like, find shelter at this point. And so Gandalf is like, we're going to head to this place where you know, I know of, but like, I'm not sure if we're going to be welcome there and blah, blah, blah. So they run to this house and they're getting chased by this giant beast into this house. Come to find out that they're in the house of this beast, that (laughs) this is actually Bayorn's house and that he is a skin changer. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not (laughs) how it happens in the book. No, he basically, Gandalf tells them like, I know a place, like, I think we or semi-safe, kind of what he says yeah. in the movie. But he actually, so he takes like two at a time. So he, he like <laughs> yeah. goes with two of them and he's like, so I need a place for these guys. And then mm-hmm. as they're having like a conversation, it's almost like the beginning of movie one where the yeah. dwarves kept coming in like yeah. groups. It, it's like that. He would be like, oh, actually there's two more. And then as they kept talking, actually there's two more. Right. Eventually there's all 15 of them. But uh, it was just, uh, yeah, com- totally different. different way well, and it was it. funny because in the book, I think Gandalf is kind of telling him the story of how they've got there right, so far exactly. and he gets so in, you know engulfed in this story that he doesn't care how many are yeah. in here he at this like, point uh, yeah at the end he's like however many of you yeah, there are like just come fine. on in like there's no like he's not mad that they're there no. and i don't think he's that. he switches from beast to man or whatever yeah at that point <laughs> right um we now see that the necromancer is like calling to see the pale orc and he says you know that a war is coming and everybody's gonna die dun 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 <laughs> great what else is new right <laughs> so we're now back with bayorn and and the dwarfs and he goes back to his human-like form um and he actually knows who the pale orc is who azog is and he actually wants to end up you know he doesn't love dwarves but he's going to help him because he hates the orcs even more yeah which makes sense yeah <laughs> but as room as you know to remind you from the last episode the orcs aren't in the in the book at all at right. this point, at least. There's so. only wargs, yeah. which are the creatures that the orcs ride on. Yeah, like the wolves. <laughs> yeah. So they find out they need to go through these like elven woods, and 
which can be kind of dangerous. Um, we also see that the ring is starting to call out to Bilbo more, um, which we know that becomes a problem a lot of times. Like it's yeah. not, not a good, not a good time for anybody. Um, and we also see that Galadriel warned them that the necromancer could be hiding in the woods. Or she told that to Gandalf, I mm-hmm. think. Um, just being like, hey, if you go through these woods, like, be careful because he could be hiding any anywhere, right. basically. So Gandalf also tells Bilbo at this point, like, hey, you seem like you're, like, changing. Like, what's wrong? Like, is something wrong? Right. And Bilbo almost tells him about the ring, but then decides not to. Yeah. Which doesn't happen in the book because, like I mentioned last week, mm-hmm. like they make more of a point in the movies to kind of make Gandalf almost more um, knowledgeable about right. the ring than he really is in the mm-hmm. book. Like in the in the Hobbit, he doesn't. I mean, he may know about it, but it's definitely not yeah. top of mind or like ho- talked about as right. much as the movies. So Gandalf tells him like he's actually not gonna go into the woods with him. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna go to the tombs in the in the hills to like check out to see what's going on there. He wants to that's where all the kings who have those, you know, the rings are, you know, buried or whatever. But he tells, you know, before he leaves the dwarfs, he's like, Whatever you do, stay on the path. Do not leave the path. Well, guess what? They lose the path. <laughs> yep. Very quickly. Um in the book, I think they actually say that they're in these woods for like a couple weeks. Yeah. It's a very long time. Obviously, they fast forward through the movie, you know, for time's sake. But so they lose the they lose the path. They start hallucinating. They get very confused. Um, at one point, this actually does somewhat happen. It actually does happen in the book. Bilbo ends up climbing a tree mm-hmm. um, to figure out which way he's going to go. Uh but then he just basically comes back in the book. He just comes yeah. back down. <laughs> like nothing really. Yeah. Happens. There's one scene in the book that isn't in the movie where they like find a boat and yeah. they like go to get into it. One of the dwarves like, uh, like falls, falls out or falls into the water or whatever, which they took out. Um, but they clearly added additional yeah. stuff in the movie. So when Bilbo's up, like looking, you know, over the trees to figure out which way they need to go, he ends up falling down and because he can see the spiders coming through the woods and he ends up getting wrapped up. Basically, they all end up getting wrapped up in these giant shelob. Frodo style. Yes, very. It's exactly <laughs> what happened. I was like, this was such a Frodo move. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Bilbo ends up stabbing one of them to to escape. And this is actually where his... Um, what you call it? His sword gets its name mm-hmm. because he sticks the sword into like the spider. And he's like, it stings, it stings. And then he was like, oh, my sword's going to be called the sting now or whatever the heck it's called. <laughs> yeah. couple notes here um, in, this, in the book, they actually, the dwarves and Bilbo, as you mentioned, like hallucinating, they specifically hallucinate seeing elves mm-hmm. in the forest and like oh, yeah. seeing this giant feast that they keep trying to get to, but they can't. Yeah. And then eventually they run into the spiders and Bilbo actually tells all the dwarves, hey, I have this ring that I'm going to put on my finger and mm-hmm. I'm going to disappear, yeah. but I'm going to distract the spiders so you guys can get away, yeah. which I thought was interesting. They don't obviously mention or he right. doesn't ever talk about having the ring mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. And that actually sets them off on even a worse foot in the book with the with the elves yeah because the elves end up seeing them trying to get (laughs) and they think they're trying to attack them in the book um so anyways in the movie um you know bilbo puts on the ring he can hear the spiders talking um and he's trying to you know he goes around and cuts the group down out of you know all of their spider webs um so they can 
so they can get free and he's able to fight off these like really gross like white spiders mm-hmm. and it's just all I didn't need that many spiders. No. It's real gross. Um, but while they're fighting off these spiders, the elves actually show up at this time to help out. And this is where Legolas comes back and that where, where we meet Tariel as well. Uh, but if you remember, they, you know, the, el- or the dwarves are all using the swords of the elves. Mm-hmm. And so when they're like, what the heck are those are ours? <laughs> so they end up taking all of their weapons from them. Um, and at one point, which I thought was really cute, uh, Gimli's dad has mm-hmm. a locket and he's like, oh, and this is my son, Gimli. Yeah. It's like, little do you know, they're going to be best of friends. <laughs> right. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, funny enough, uh, Legolas coming back was totally a movie thing. Right. Legolas, I mean, that there are elves that come and, and capture them in the book, but... Legolas specifically is not one of them. Right, which is so weird. Again, Legolas is not in this book, and then he doesn't look right for this part right. in the movie. Yeah. So it's very it's very strange. But anyway, so, you know, Legolas is, they're mad about the swords or whatever, and then they they realize that Bilbo is missing. So, because they basically capture them all, but no one can see Bilbo, so he does not get captured. Once again, that's kind of how it was with the goblins, mm-hmm. too. So they end up locking up all the dwarves in the elf woodland castle. <laughs> and Thorin ends up going to talk to Thandriel, which is Legolas's dad, who's like the king of this elf kingdom. And he basically says, like, look, we will let you go. We understand what you're doing. We will let you go. In return, you need to give us back the starlight that we gave to Thorin's grandpa as like whatever their gesture mm-hmm. was at some time. So inside the mountain, there's this starlight jewel of the elves yeah. that they want back. That's all they want. You can go do what you, do, what you want to do. Well, pig-headed Thorin <laughs> says, no, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. No deal. So this is where <laughs> the part in the movie where we get the love the love triangle, yes. if you so. So Keely of Keely and Feely. Um, <laughs> the infamous Keely yeah, and Feely. <laughs> ends up having this super flirtatious talk with Tariel. And we come to find out that Legolas actually really likes Tariel. But she wants, that's like her little brother, basically. You basically. know, they're not, she doesn't see him in that way. Um, but again, none of this happens in the book. How they get out. It's pretty similar. Yeah. Kind of. So in the movie, Bilbo ends up stealing the keys from one of the guards um, and breaks them all out. Yeah. Uh, how he gets them out of the castle. And so let's remember. So again, they were in the woods for a couple weeks. They are actually locked up in the kingdom, in the in the book, yep. for a very long time. For an additional few weeks. Like yes. Bilbo, <laughs> the, in the book, Bilbo talks about how he has to like, you know, he, he basically hides around the castle for yeah. these weeks trying to find food and... Which, if you'll remember, their whole goal is to get right. to the mountain by Durin's day. Right. So, I don't know what the timeline is on, in the book <laughs> right. world, but, like, we know Durin's day in the movie is coming up quick. Right. So, I don't know if they just had to, like, again, like, yeah. condense it to make it yeah. obvious that they're getting there See, now in you time. said you said in the, in the last one, in the last episode... That they mention in the book that they have to be there on a specific day. Yeah. I really don't know if that's the case. I, it has to be because they mention it in the book when they get to the mountain, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Well, but here's the thing. We'll talk about it in a little bit, okay. but they go back and forth, kept trying it multiple times to get into that the mountain. That is true. That is true. You know what I mean? But yeah, and, and maybe I... 
misunderstood. Basically, I thought it had to be winter solstice, yeah. which is the last day of, of mm-hmm. fall, the beginning of winter. Yeah. But maybe it just needed to be last light. Yeah. In the winter. Yeah. In the, <laughs> well, it's, in the movie, there's a very specific timeline. Right, exactly. I think the book timeline's a little wishy-washy. Wishy-washy, yeah. Yeah, because they're spending weeks in places <laughs> they didn't That's think true. they were going to end up. <laughs> um, but so in the in the movie, how they end up breaking out, which I just think is, the whole scene is hilarious yeah. to me. Um, there's a cellar in this kingdom that all the food kind of comes in and out of. And so basically what Bilbo's plan is, he's going to get all of the dwarves into these barrels and these barrels get released down into the river and they'll get released. Um, So it's so funny because he gets them all into these barrels, he releases them, and then he totally forgot to get in one himself. So he's trying to figure out how to get out. (laughs) Um, In the in the movie, it's like one of those like, oh, my gosh, are they going to get caught? Are they not going to get caught? Like, it's very tight. Yeah. In the book, it's they did. They it's not like they get almost get caught at all. No, well, and it, I think similar thing happens where people get these guards get drunk or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, the sense of like urgency or yeah. like oh no, we might not make it right. is not really felt in the book. Well, and then to continue on with this, so in the movie again, the orcs are in the movie. So at one point they're they're going kind of down this little river to get out of the castle. And they get stopped at, like, the outward gate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the orcs attack. So this whole next scene is basically them fighting the orcs while they're in these barrels in the river. Yeah. One thing to note in the movie, Keeley ends up getting hit by an arrow by one of these orcs mm-hmm. in the leg. Um, Tariel ends up coming out to help him because they're in love now. <laughs> um, and the gate gets released. So now all of the barrels are rushing down this river. Uh, Keely does not get hit in the leg with an arrow in the book. Because this scene doesn't happen in the Correct. book. Correct. <laughs> so this, I love this scene. Like, it's probably about what? Like three or four minutes of them going down the mm-hmm. river in these barrels, fighting these orcs off. That does not happen in the book. I didn't mind the scene. I didn't care for the visual effects. It yeah. felt very fake. Like, you could very easily see that it was all CGI. Yeah. I was like, okay. Like, having gone just from the Lord of the Rings series, where the majority of yeah. his stunts were done without CGI, right. and then this this scene, I was like, okay, that's fake. That's fake. Right. That's fake. Like, it just <laughs> felt really, like, not It real. seemed very, I know this isn't Disney, it felt very Disney yeah. to me. Or very just, like... Like, they should have cartoonish. been... Cartoonish. Right, exactly. Cartoonish. So, but I still enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, but at this point, Legolas and Tariel end up getting um, captured. Or they capture an orc mm-hmm. to try to, like, figure out what's going on. We now see Gandalf. He's climbing these tombs. Um, and he finds out that they have been broken into... Or have they been broken out of? He's not sure. Uh, Radagast does show up again um, for whatever reason. Not sure why, but he's there for moral support. (laughs) He just is. Yeah, I didn't really. Well, and we've talked about this in last episode. Mm -hmm. He's not in the book. Yeah. I don't know that he necessarily adds anything in the movie besides comedic relief. Right. (laughs) That's about it. (laughs) Basically. We also see at this point that the necromancer has summoned the the dead to start the war. So things are getting real serious. (laughs) Uh, back with the dwarves down the river, they finally make it to shore. And this is where we get introduced to Bard. Mm-hmm. Bard is a bargeman, basically. Um, he helps take these food barrels and wine back and forth from his town, Lake Town, to the Elven Castle. Mm-hmm. And he has a boat, which helps. Which does help, yes. Yeah, so 
they tell, you know, they don't tell him right away, like, what they're doing. They're like, oh, we're just, like, simple merchants. Like, <laughs> it's fine. And then they actually get him to take them across the lake in the boat. Yeah. Um, but they end up, he's like, hey, but you, like, need to get in these barrels. So right. they have to get back into the barrels. And they, this is where they throw all those, those fish on top of them so people won't know that they're in there. So this does not happen in this way in the book. No. In the book, uh, they actually come across some additional so in as, as they're in the barrels these wood elves come across them mm-hmm. and think that they're just barrels so they actually make a raft out of the barrels mm-hmm. and ride down the lake yeah. uh with with um with all the dwarves inside and then bilbo just like follows them yeah because he's not in one of the barrels at right. this point um and that's how they get i actually to thought them. it was funny in the book because they're like at one point he's like i don't know if any of these dwarves are even alive right. anymore. <laughs> I, and like, how are they still alive? Right. what I want to know. Yeah. Um, we now see Legolas and Tariel are threatening this orc that they captured to try to figure out what exactly is happening. Um, and he actually tells them like that arrow that hit Keeley is poisonous and it's going to kill him. So sorry about that. <laughs> and then he tells them that the war is coming and that they then need to put the kingdom on lockdown once he says that. Does not happen in the book. No. Uh, at this point, when Tariel finds out that Keeley has been poisoned, she goes out into the forest to help the dwarves. And by her leaving, that, you know, disobeyed the king when he locked down the kingdom. So he's like, yeah, we're done with her, basically. Yeah. And Legolas is like, oh, but I love her. So he runs after her. <laughs> <laughs> so we're now crossing the lake with the dwarves. They end up running into these guards, um and who were not very nice no the whole everyone's very grumpy in this town (laughs) um but they get it they finally do get into town the guards threaten to dump out all of the barrels and you know bard figures out a way to get them through again um so he ends up actually hiding these dwarves in his house but he's like my house is being watched like it got very convoluted Mm -hmm. unnecessarily yeah because the book uh, yes lake town is there but, like, this whole, like, bard and the king mm-hmm. and the people don't like it. Like, none of that was there. Right. Right? They basically get to the town. They find a way to get out of the barrels. And they ask to see the, the king or whatever. Yeah. Whoever the guy is in charge of Lake yeah. Town. And that's about it. That's about it. Uh, but, yeah, to get into Bard's house in the movie, they have to come through the toilet, which is so <laughs> gross. Um, but, anyways, at this point, Bard has also told them, like, hey, we don't have any we don't have any weapons. So he's going to hook them up with a bunch of weapons. <laughs> they don't like their weapons that he has. Um, but it's they, like beggars can't be choosers. Right. Guys. So at this point though, in the movie, we see some, I can't remember who's looking out, but they look out the window and they see this like giant, like arrow bow and arrow type thing mm. on top of one of the, the roofs come to find out that there's a tail that, you know, when the dragon attacked at one point, they have these big black arrow things that actually pierce the dragon and has and wounded him. So that's a way that they could kill him maybe in the future. Right. Who knows? But then there's like back and forth on like did, because I think it was uh, apparently Bard's dad who did it. So like the townspeople are like, did he actually do it? Or is that just like, you know, a lie that they made up? So at this point, once they kind of go through talking about this, Bard finally realizes who Thorin is. Which ends up not being a, a great thing. Um, also, at this point, we see Legolas finds Tariel as she's going to find Keely, and she's like, "Now nah, I'm going to get my man. Leave me alone." Uh, 
the dwarves now, because <laughs> they didn't like any of the weapons that uh, Bard had for him, they end up sneaking into the armory. <laughs> um, Keeley falls and he gets caught again. And so finally the the mayor of this town, or if you want to call him, yeah. he, you know, they finally um, know that the dwarves are there. They capture the dwarves. But at this point, Thorin's like, look, if you let us go, we pledge to bring you back the wealth from from the mountain mm-hmm. to help because it's a very poor town. Bard hates this idea. He's like, it's just going to bring death to us. Like, don't wake that dragon, please. We're fine. <laughs> so, but the leader of the town is like, nope, they're going to go. Yeah. Do, they welcome them in and help them out. Yeah. In the book, it's much quicker. Like there's yeah. no, uh, obviously there's no bar. So there's no, like <clears throat> nobody is against this plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so they know that they need to find that door before nightfall of that night because it is Durin's day. Mm -hmm. Find out that Keeley is not doing well. So he ends up staying back to heal with a couple of the other dwarves, um, along with Feely, his brother. In the book, they all go because Keeley is not injured. Correct. (laughs) Um, There's this big send off. um, And one of the other dwarves also misses the boat. I'm like, what are we doing here? They're all over the place. (laughs) Right. So... They make it across the lake. We see the ruins of the city of Dale. Um, and this is where the name of the movie comes into play. Cause they're like, what is this? And they're like, it's the desolation of smog, <laughs> which so. is kind of twofold. Yeah. Cause if you know, we'll mm-hmm. talk about what happens yep, at the end. Pretty much. Um, let's see. We see Gandalf and Radagast back at the tombs of the necromancer. There's a lot of back and forth mm-hmm, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, so now the dwarves are at the place where they believe the door is going to be into this mountain and it's not opening. And they're like, oh, crap. Like, this is the day we have to be here today. We have to figure it out today. It's not opening. And the sun sets and they're like, that's it. We didn't do it. And they gave up so fast. They're like, fast. all right, well, guess we should leave. I was like, bro, you've been doing this for what? Like right. weeks? Right. Supposedly Could even we not longer? Find anywhere else in this mountain right. to get in. However, clever Bilbo, he said, he keeps repeating, it's like the last, the last light of night mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Come to find out that that actually meant the moon, mm-hmm. not the sun. And so when the moon comes out on the wall, it appears a keyhole. Mm-hmm. And since they have the key... Um, Which they almost lose. Right. He kicks the key and then Thorin grabs at the last minute. You know, for dramatic effects. I was going to say, what a tumultuous time. I Uh, know. Obviously, we talked about this earlier. This takes quite a few days for them to figure this out uh, in the book. Um, But apparently Bilbo is a a speedy one in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. They like come back like eight times, I think. Um, So at this point, the door opens and they're like, Thorin's like, okay, cool. We have this open. So Bilbo, I'm going to need you to go inside. I'm going to need you to go inside and find the Arkenstone. And like, if there's a dragon down there, like, don't, don't wake, wake it up. <laughs> He's like, okay, cool. cool. Great plan. Um, we now are seeing Gandalf. Um, he ends up getting attacked by the pale orc. And he comes face to face with the necromancer who ends up taking form of Sauron that we know from the Lord of the Rings. Yep. Remember when they said that there's no way that Sauron could come back? Right. Crazy. (laughs) Spoiler. He does. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So now we see Bilbo is inside the mountain and he just seems mounds of gold, mounds and mounds of gold. He starts looking for the Arkenstone, which is like 
a needle in a haystack, basically. But it is a um, shiny needle. It is. But so. he doesn't even, he doesn't, at that point, he doesn't even know what he's looking for. Right. He's like, I don't know. It could be this one. Uh, but we find out that it's a very large, like, white stone. Um, and in the process of this, he ends up uncovering um, the dragon's eye. And he wakes him up. Um, but wasn't like, he supposed to not do that? Yeah, that's the one thing he was <laughs> supposed to not do. Um, because at this point, like, they still don't know, like, is the dragon dead? Like, is he mm-hmm. even still there? They don't know. He's very much there. He's very much not dead. Yes. Um, but when the dragon does wake up, Bilbo obviously smartly puts the ring on so the dragon can't see him. Um, but then the dragon fully comes to life and it's just like the coolest scene. It really is. Um, he starts talking to him. He says he can smell him. Um, and that he has something that's more precious than gold. And I'm like, oh, you know, Smog. He knows. Yep, he knows. <laughs> and at this point, Bilbo takes off the ring. I'm like, what are we doing? Keep know. that ring on, please. But he ends up telling Smog that he's just there to see if he's as great as all of the tales. He's like, look, I don't care about any of these $62 billion that you have. Like, I'm just here to, like, see you. And, like, Smog almost believes it for five seconds. Yeah. Well, when you're a, um, you know, self-righteous dragon right. who's basically lived alone your whole life, you're like, yeah, yeah I'm a big deal. Pretty much. So he ends up seeing the Arkenstone and you're like, okay, obviously, yeah, that's it. Cause it's like this, like, it's like the North star basically. Um, It looks like nothing else. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, We also now get a flash at this point of Bard getting ready to help fight the dragon. Cause he's like, look, this thing's going to come like, there's no way it's not. And so he gets the, you know, the big bow um, ready to possibly kill this dragon. If he comes, um, while Smog is talking to Bilbo and he's basically trying to like buy time so he can try to get out of here, he does actually see a black spot in Smog's like underbelly type mm-hmm. area um, where clearly has been hit by a black arrow. Yeah, it's very much um, fragile area, yes. if you will. Um, at this point, the orcs have now made it to the lake, lake town. Um, Tariel and Legolas also show up. They seem to just show up right on time for all of these things. Well, yeah. And then even in the last movie, same thing. <laughs> they're like, they're only there when things get bad. They're very intuitive. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but they, the orcs quickly realize that Thorin is not there. And they're like, look, we're not going to waste our time if he's not there. So they end up fleeing. We're now back with Bilbo and Bilbo kind of got to a point where he could hide a little bit more, but he tells Thorin at this point because he runs into him and he's like I didn't find the stone Mm -hmm. like there's a big old dragon in there and I didn't find the stone or did he we don't know he did find some sort of um I think it was like a cup of some sort in the book they mentioned that he like he's like well I grabbed this cup yeah but I don't have the stone (laughs) so at this point in the movie you don't we don't know if Bilbo has if he actually grabbed the Arkenstone or not but at this point Thorin's getting real mean and he like threatens Bilbo basically he's like well this is the only reason you're here so like literally go find it right like I don't care if you die another thing to point out in the book um as Bilbo and Thorin are talking there's something called a thrush bird that like flies mm-hmm. around them apparently this bird like listens and can mm-hmm. like relay information so he like listens to their conversation and then flies off back to Lake downtown mm-hmm. I'm assuming to like warn the citizens yeah. of the town like hey since <laughs> in the book none of the bard stuff is happening so Right. They don't really know what's going on. Exactly. Um, so speaking of Lake Town, we see that Tariel ends up healing Keely with some remedy thing. I think it was just her love. Her love. 
<laughs> it was very like Disney princess. Let yeah. me kiss you well. Yeah. <laughs> um, we end up seeing the dwarves now. They're because now they're all inside and they're trying to figure out a way to get out. And they end up in a room that's like full of dwarves. And they're like, oh my gosh, there's literally nowhere out of here. Dead dwarves. Yeah, dead dwarves. <laughs> and but they decide to split up and fight. They're like, look, if we're gonna die, we might as well fight our way out mm-hmm. of here. Uh, keeping in line with the book and the fact that things take much longer, apparently, they're actually stuck under the mountain for days. Yeah. Trying to figure out yeah. how to get out of here. Exactly. And they're running out of food <laughs> yeah. and all of this. Um, they end up tricking smog into lighting the furnaces that are inside this mountain. Because if you remember, um, it's very much Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> like they're mining for things all right. day. They're finding gold. There's these big furnaces that melt things into bigger pieces of gold. Um, so they get smog to light these furnaces and the gold starts to melt. And at this point, smog's like, look, I gonna go like light all your friends up at Lake town. Like this is boring to me. Like I'm going to go. So at this point, Thorin actually ends up uncovering this like giant, giant dwarf gold statue. It, it literally can remind me of like, I don't know, like a chocolate bunny. Oh my God. You know I thought the I mean? same thing. And I was like, that thing's definitely just going to start melting. Yeah. And that's what it did. He like uncovers it. And it's just like this liquid gold yeah. just covers smog and everything. It's a really cool it scene. Is. It's visually beautiful. But like doesn't happen in the book. Does not happen in the book at all. And spoiler again, does not help. Yeah. I'm like, I get what you were going for. You were thinking, hey, we're going to melt this gold on him. Yeah. He's going to become a giant gold dragon like a statue right. like that yeah. he's gonna turn I'm, I'm to stone or that's what they thought right <laughs> which probably in theory is what would happen yeah anyways it's pretty cool like he flies out of this gold and it's just like this shimmering gold yeah. dragon you just made him cooler yeah he looks cooler like <laughs> burn everything i don't care but the last scene of the movie is smog flying out towards lake town and bilbo peeking over the rubble and saying what have we done <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. And that's how, that's how the end of chapter 12 ends is smog flying off towards Lake Town. Yeah. That's why I saw Chapter 13. Well, I mean, based off of what I read. So Bilbo does actually end up finding the Arkenstone. Yeah. He doesn't tell the dwarves, right. at least yet yeah. um, in the book. And they actually, they find a way to get out. They make it to the front gate. But at that point when they, this is at the end of chapter 13, mm. they're basically standing around like, okay, but where did Smog go? (laughs) Like he's been gone for a while. Like they were hesitant to leave because they're like, he could be around any corner. But by the time they get to the front gate, they're like, okay, he's been gone for a while. We're not really sure where he is, which in the movie, we know that he's headed towards Lake Town. In chapter 13, does Bilbo tell the dwarves that he found the Arkansas? No. So up until chapter 13, the dwarves don't know that Bilbo has it. Just the reader, you know? Yes. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Because like I said, I've already watched the third movie. I have not read the rest of the book. So I'm interested to see yeah. how they tie this all up. Yeah. Well, and then we talked about this last episode. The end of the book is pretty there's small. About, like there's not 60 pages. Yeah. There's not quite a lot that like necessarily, you know, there's not a lot to read. Right. So I don't know if they're just going to cram a bunch of stuff or similar to this. And this is kind of, I, I'm jumping the gun here a little bit. 
the reasoning behind the which which version I'm yes. choosing. Um, I would say that the movie doesn't fully tra- stay true to the book, at no. least you know compared to movie one. Right. I would say That's true. there, and the reason uh, that I'm choosing the one I'm choosing, so I'm going with the movie this time. Okay. Uh, Did the, you go with the book last? I went time? with the okay. book last time. I thought that. They added things, mm-hmm. but they added things in a way similar to what you said in, in movie yeah. one, where it actually elevated the story. Right. If you had kept the book or the movie directly like what the book was, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot that no. went on, right? No. There was like probably three total scenes right. in the book. It was just really elongated. Yeah. Um, so I personally liked the additions that they mm-hmm. made to the movie. Did it necessarily change things? Yeah, but not in a way yeah. where like it, it was still more entertaining yeah overall yeah. so i'm i went with the movie i'm 1000 percent going with the movie i yeah. thought it was entertaining beginning to end yeah. um some visually beautiful beautiful scenes um and i will always remember the first time i saw smog like you know it's one of those those you know yeah. cinematic moments when you're like yeah that was badass yeah you know definitely so, so i'm going with the movie again. all right Sounds good. Um, that's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Movie Girls. You can also email us at theboviegirls at gmail.com. And like we said earlier, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash theboviegirls to get access to our bonus content. What are we doing next week? We are finishing it up. <laughs> Six episodes from Middle Earth come to an end. Uh, we are doing... The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. I think I'm ready. I'm ready for this to be over. I know. We need to figure out what we're doing. We need something lighter. We need like a... Oh, don't worry. We're going to chat after we (laughs) finish. uh, We stop hitting record because I've got plenty of books that I need to get off my shelves. Can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. (laughs) Bye.